Welcome to the Sister at Hour Conversations podcast. Our conversations here will be an extension of the weekly Sister at Hour Twitter chat that takes place every Wednesday at 1pm CAT. Join my guests and I as we delve into the topics that impact us as women and explore the unique and sometimes similar life journeys that we're all on. The emphasis of the show is to empower, share experiences, as well as the lessons. It is not about excluding men. They are welcome to join conversation by not only listening and subscribing to this podcast, but by also being part of the positive movement in society to encourage healthy relationships with each other as partners, fathers, brothers, and friends. Sisterhood Our Conversations is a space that belongs to us as women, where we can be real and honest about our experiences, the past and present ones, as we plan and move forward to where we want to go and achieve what we want to. Join Sisterhood Our Conversations, where as women we are learning and growing, we challenge the status quo as we change the narrative through action, conversation and empowerment. Enjoy the episode. second episode of season one so I'm really excited that you said yes I'm really really excited thank you um I think it's one of those like I've been saying to you like fangirl moments <laughs> but mostly because um partly half half actually because of my dad because I grew up on the whole talk radio vibe so every morning when going to school wow. um I grew up on talk radio 702 yeah. Dan Moyani John Robbie yes. <laughs> that was my world those are magical times right yeah, and I mean a lot of the time I'd get so frustrated with my dad because all the other kids are listening to music stations <laughs> and I'd get to school and people are talking about oh did you hear and I'm like no I don't know what you guys are talking about mm. so in terms of your journey, background, life, upbringing. Um, I mean, you were raised by mom. Yeah. Your mom in Pimville. Yes. I have to ask, Mosaka Street in Orlando East. Yes. Is there a historical family? Yeah. Um, yeah. My, oh, I'm going to get this wrong. My <laughs> great, my great grand uncle, great great grand uncle. Okay. Yeah. Two greats. Great, great, great. Yes. 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 Secrets. Okay. He uh, was a political activist. Okay. Um, he, he was very active. Very, mm. very active. Mm. Um, so he was born here, did his education um, in the Eastern Cape, and mm. then came back. And with everything that was happening in the country, he wanted to play a part, obviously. Um, and he started his own party movement. Really? The African Democratic Party, mm-hmm. um, which he didn't want to join the ANC. He didn't want to join uh, the ANC as a formation at the time. It was in the early days. It was the most prominent, of course. Yeah. And um, it was A.B. Kuma at the time who was leading the ANC. He mm-hmm. saw it more as a, he wanted to more like collaborate and not necessarily be swallowed or be a part of the uh, ANC. And so he's formed a separate formation. Mm-hmm. And at the time, he had the view that it should be a formation of Africans with progressive whites. Okay. So, you know. Inclusive. The DA of the D. Gadlana. I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. But the word, he didn't fully, in terms of who should be in it, mm, that was okay. the main reason why he stayed out. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, it did... Stay, stick around for a little bit but okay. not not 
it obviously did not live the ANC. Yeah. It didn't live for too long. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been uh, much more, more than a footnote on our political history. Yeah. And so it's that's probably him. still exist now. What? It might, yeah. yeah. But clearly, it, it didn't survive all those years. Mm -hmm. But he was very active. Yeah. He was someone who wanted to transform and impact South African society. His name was uh, Paul Musaka. Yeah. Uh, Ramutswani. So RP Musaka. Ah. So there's the street mm. and then yeah. there's the school as well. Yeah. The school is in Pimville. And Pimville, incidentally, is where a lot of my family come from a lot of people tend to say that johannesburg people don't come from johannesburg but it's not true okay yeah we come from johannesburg yes my family on my mother's side for instance where clipsprit is yes um, they were forcibly removed from this area where a lot of the earlier missionaries used to be okay yeah so they were forcibly removed from there yeah. and relocated to clipsprit Wow. And apart from that, they were also like from Sasselberg. And Sasselberg is in Gauteng. Yes. So every time people talk about, <laughs> oh, Johannesburg didn't have people, uh, it's inaccurate. So the whole December pilgrimage. No, we don't do it. I go to Soweto. <laughs> <laughs> it's still local and it's going home in yeah, a sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just go down the M1 and I'm home. <laughs> in terms of that part of your family history and your own um, background growing up, how, if at all, that perhaps contributed to your views, your um, the things that you've learned along the way, your choices perhaps as well? Yeah. Um, did those elements come in that you look back on and you're thinking, oh, okay, there's a little bit of something there? Um, I must say that Soweto is a home through and through, you know, for me. So just in terms of the connection to the place yeah. it's very dear very deep in my heart Johannesburg Soweto just so deeply ingrained in my <laughs> in my psyche and yeah. who I am you know feel very much at home there's no so that's what it's given me it's mm -hmm. given me the gift of identity or, or being able to identify with the place and its history in many many ways yeah. um, and of course when you think of how it's tied with the country's history Absolutely. for instance even my name i was yeah. born in 1977 my the 76 uprising mm. had actually obviously happened the year before yeah. my father's youngest sister was a student a high school student at the time so they were out there they were out wow. there throwing stones running yeah. from the police um, she was part of june 16 and mm. all of that and I was born the following year. So people tend to think it was an isolated situation, oh. but it's not because the repression in the townships kind of started intensifying, which is why the 80s were, we were in that state of emergency that we were in, because it, would just, it just kept coming from yeah. 1976. So 77 when I was born, um, it was still quite similar, running from the police and uh, the police also harassing mm -hmm. many homes and stuff. So she is the one who named me uh, because I guess of the context of the time, uh, that was the year that Steve Biko was murdered in 77 by the apartheid police. So politics in a way wasn't, didn't drive my family. Mm -hmm. As in we had this person, Paul Musaka, of course, and you know, we're from Soweto, yeah. but it didn't drive our family, but it was, it weaved in and out, so to speak. and. 
even in my naming or in that context yeah. so that's what i'm saying like soweto the history of the place is almost like constantly always just poured into you yeah in different ways so that's what it's given me but i think the things that have shaped me are being a child of a single parent mm -hmm. my parents got divorced pretty early i was very young mm -hmm. three or so but my dad was always there but i know yeah. life from the perspective of being raised by a single parent okay. um, and that's also something big in my in what shaped me yeah that's very big because in i saw in what sense yeah i watched a woman raise us work really hard i saw the commitment and the hard work involved in raising three children on a nurse's salary mm -hmm. and so she was very independent mm -hmm. when my parents split up she didn't stay in the marital home oh. she went back home okay. to her as in my maternal grandparents yes. and then worked really hard to be able to buy a home for mm -hmm. her children mm -hmm. which is the house that i grew up in in pinto wow. you see so i grew up what as seeing an independent mother work hard and obviously sometimes we bear the brunt of that hard work and the stress because we would stay by ourselves mm. and you know three kids at home <laughs> just my older brother my sister then me so you know we would get up to <laughs> mischief, mischief. Uh, and in some areas maybe you know my brother we used to call it now we actually tease because he was like a he was like a, a boy dad. Oh. You know what I mean? Wow, yeah. yeah. Because he also helped my mother kind of step authority. Like the young man. The, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the boy Big dad. Big brother thing. Yeah. So we tease about that. Because she was a nurse who she worked long hours. Mm. Seven to seven, 12 hour shifts or seven to seven overnight. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, you always have to, it shaped me in the sense that as a woman, I have to be independent. Yeah. Um, can't plan my life thinking about depending on somebody else or hoping that someone will come into my life that I will depend on. Knight in shining armor. Yeah, <laughs> rescue come yes, in on a horse. In exactly, none of that. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's the kind of thing that shaped me. Yeah. Um, but also just being, I think divorce is very hard on families, yeah. on children. Uh, and then I went on to also get divorced. So, you know, it's... It's, a, it's also a story in mm. its own way. And it's also clear that what we choose to make part of our story can also be a choice. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it can be How a choice, you? as in what I choose now to share about what my story is, yes, yeah. is a choice that I've made because okay. those things seem prominent in my mind. Yes, okay. They seem prominent. I've made them prominent. Seem prominent, but not necessarily defining you it's just it's part of the story as you say it's part of the story yeah but the story has many things right yes and within those many things clearly i've lifted some of them oh into a higher yeah level. yes i've said okay. you are a marker okay child of a divorced parent you are a marker okay uh, or uh being the last born is a marker okay you know versus the other things that are also, also there yeah you know so no yeah so it's just a theory <laughs> okay it's quite interesting but touching on that i mean um being raised by a single mom and then as you mentioned you're going through your own divorce yeah um 
I don't even know how to frame this question. There's that thing of you need to shrink back as a woman. I think society has this thing of a divorced man. It's different mm-hmm. from a divorced woman mm-hmm. versus. Mm-hmm. So the man can continue living his life. He can be amazing. He can just conquer the world. Yes. But as a woman, and it, it seems that it's supposed to be... Um, a marker but a, a black spot on yes, your yes, record yes, like you yes like you yeah. failed at something yeah. and i feel that with women you're supposed to carry that like it's your cross to bear mm. and mm. then when you say mm. actually yes it is part and parcel of my life story yeah um and it's okay absolutely and how did you have to then say to yourself actually azania it's okay um because i knew it would be okay because mm-hmm. I watched my mom make it okay. Yeah. I watched her b- rebuild. You know, um, our upbringing was the story of her rebuilding. She yeah. went back to school. She used to study, stay up and study with my brother who was in high school at the oh, time. Wow. They'll study together because she went back to university. Yeah. She had a nursing degree, I mean, nursing diploma, but she wanted, it to, be, she wanted to be an educator as well, wow. a nursing educator. Yeah. So she went back to school. Uh, so I watched my mom rebuild. I remember when we bought that house, mm. it was, we were all at my grandmother's house and we were there with my uh, grandparents' house, but mm. we were living there with my other cousins. Okay. So it was, it was a full house. Yeah. yeah. And so she fetched us the one Sunday and she said, we're going for a drive. She took us to Pimville and said, which house, from these two houses, which house mm. do you guys prefer? And we all chose the 198 house. no the next door house <laughs> okay. so when she went to the office to go buy the house yeah. they said or oh, to to take a bond or yes. and all of that for the house they said no 198 is taken but 197 is available what? so that's how we ended up in that house so that's just the story also about because i watched my mom build a life after two so it was never a thing that uh i saw as being a setback but i know that in the moment you are hit by the disappointment, the mourning, the loss, because it is a loss. Yeah. Um, and there's actually, Scott Hathaway, who's a marketer, mm-hmm. said that it is one of the biggest setbacks in a person's life. It can take up to 10 years to recover from a divorce. Uh, but of course, you have to think of context. He's American. Okay. We're talking South African. Yes. And our context is different. Yeah. And we have cultural issues as well. So okay. men, yeah. for instance, when their wives pass away, they don't have to mourn as long. Women, if your husband passes away, you have to mourn a long time, up to a year in some cases. Mm, yep. And men seemingly move on quicker. As you said, society almost says... Hashem, he can't take care of himself. <laughs> someone must be someone there. Must be there to <laughs> yeah. cook and help him. Uh, you know, make and adjust to a new life. Yeah, he'll wither yeah. and die. <laughs> Poor thing. You know. And whereas with women, we have to kind of spend time shaking off the what you, as you say, this association that you didn't succeed. succeed. But I think divorce is fantastic for women. Really, a lot of women that I know have gone on to flourish more than they were flourishing within their marriages. It's like Mm. something happens that is, it's almost like you had to go through, I'm not saying marriage is repression because I love marriage, I love the institution, I love love, I love commitment and so on. But maybe we do it to ourselves where we go into it and we kind of hold ourselves back. Mm. We kind of uh, trim our edges a little bit 
we we say I'll be this size, we shrink a little bit in because relationships. Because you are the neck, you cannot be the yeah, all the things that yeah, <laughs> adds yeah, onto exactly. what you should be. Yeah. yeah, and then once you get out of it, to like you blossom, butterfly flying free. <laughs> and so it's like, who's that? Because she's just flattering. And everybody's like, and oh my like, word. Oh God, it's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. She's got so much vitality. She's radiating. You know? And then you also think, oh my goodness. People are loving me. It's like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't, don't, let it go to don't let it go to your head. Because these streets are vicious. Yes. And oh? the, thank, thank you. you. These streets are really vicious. And it could have possibly been a case. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Of, thank you. That it was actually who you were are who you were and like you say you just like shrink back the edges because you're trying to just Mm. you know stay in your corner and be the good and decent and some things we have to acknowledge nobody made you do that you did it to yourself Mm. yeah it's just our conditioning to some extent yeah to some extent so moving on to um more about you in terms of your your journey i mean you spent some time abroad Mm -hmm. what was that like for you in terms of your growth your learnings did it (laughs) feels like there's some stories there yes there are um but in terms of did anything that you that you learned that you experienced that you went through that you thought wow this has just broadened my way of thinking of being and experiencing yeah. and you brought that back and you've I loved London I loved being in a cosmopolitan city that was open to the world I mean I met people nationalities that I'd never met before here uh, Polish people Italians worked with a lot of East European people wow you know a lot of Africans as well then I would I lived in different neighborhoods while I was there I mean, just the whole Caribbean culture, yeah. you know, because the UK has a lot of Caribbean immigrants, yeah. uh, black immigrants. So it was great, like, to see different people, different ways of life, but also to see that nobody has, they're not superior. Mm. It's not better than here. Mm. It's not like, there's still, there are lots of shitty places about London or lots of shitty things about there. And there yeah. are lots of shitty things about here. And at the same time, there are lots of great things about, about both, yeah. you know. So it's also about giving you perspective. And it's important to have perspective mm. and not to be stuck in uh, thinking one particular way yeah. when perspective says, you know what? There's plenty. There's plenty. Yeah. There's this and there's that. So it did that for me. But it also helped me grow up hugely. I mean, yeah. I came from being having someone paying for my roof and food mm. that's my mom coming from her house to having to do those things myself in a very expensive city so discipline came in very early so i had to be disciplined with those pounds they didn't go very far um, i had to plan ahead uh, and just not rest on your laurels mm. you know so it definitely taught me like i had to grow up very grow up quickly. really quickly not yeah. that I was ever far from spoiled but mm. not that one uh, didn't know certain things or wasn't street smart or mm. wouldn't survive yeah. but there were other aspects or other areas that of needed growing to. up that needed to happen and some of them you learned by being really rock bottom and mm-hmm. not knowing when the next uh, when next week's rent is going to come from because you had a short contract or short gig oh, you know what I mean yeah. because there's a lot of that there 
We are finding ourselves with an acceleration of the gig economy now. Yeah. But in the UK, it's almost like back from then already, it's like we need someone to clean this newly finished mansion. So you have a job for two days while we this place needs to be cleaned up so that the new owner can move in. So you have, oh. this is how much we're offering today and tomorrow. So come and do that. And off you go. Yeah, that's what I'm saying about the kind okay. of haphazard, not haphazard, but short, thin, mm. little jobs. Short, oh. short, short. So you always have to hustle. Keep you looking. You have to be out there. Keep looking. Stay on top of what's out there, what's available. I mean, I worked in a bar. I used to serve drinks in a bar. Lots mm. of footballing fans mm. that would come in drunk. I mean, that's why I actually fell in love with the English Premiership and mm. Arsenal when I was in the UK. Because <laughs> I have to have to serve drinks to the fans. And have a conversation with them. Yeah. yeah. And that was from working in a bar. I worked at McDonald's, uh, flipped burgers at the back, then moved to the till, gained a lot of weight. Because, mm. <laughs> of course, the meals were <laughs> free. Right in an expensive city, who's going to stay on to a Big Mac? Meal. <laughs> oh a Big Mac and dessert, no doubt. Like, yeah, that apple pie. Have I'll have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no budget for dessert so <laughs> in life in general. So but the free one, I'll have it. Thank you. So it, but it was by no means glamorous. But at the same time, it had a lot of um, special moments. I mean, the summers were amazing. The friendships were great. Um, just also being able to travel mm. from there as a springboard. Yeah. You know, so it was tough, but it was also fun. I wouldn't not do it yeah again mm. so you would do it again i would do it again awesome. differently but i would do it again differently how um i get maybe more serious about no not that i wasn't serious but hustle harder career-wise i didn't go there to start a career mm. i went there to literally have an adventure Which i had some did? money as a student and mm. or as a young person because mm. i had to drop out at bits but then I got it I got a job yeah doing a TV show had some money and thought I want to see the world I want to do something different so mm. I went there but I think it was a job <laughs> life that should have at some point perhaps kicked into career yeah not that I ever intended on staying oh, but okay. I think there could have been some benefit to getting into something a lot more formal and a lot more uh, structured yeah so we would have completely missed out on the broadcasting journey that you've been on maybe. or would you have maybe no, considered there home. i was always coming home but who knows <laughs> you never know where life will who take knows? you yeah so going from commerce the the degree that you had signed up for at Hertz, mm. and then coming back and broadcasting the journey the growth the opportunities yeah how a is that such a shift for you and now you have to a i mean explaining to your mom why you're leaving varsity must have been an interesting conversation i didn't even have to explain we didn't have money oh okay Mm -mm. so that cleared it up my sister was at university already she's older than me she was at tiff oh yes university of the north she was further of course in her studies we just simply couldn't pay for both of us for both of you so last in first out Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's mm-hmm. an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, because she was further. Yeah. Yeah. So the focus was to get her to finish and then possibly you carry on. And so I went to work. Yeah. Mm. 
Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then coming back and doing, getting into TV, how was that like for you? And how was your overseas exposure or learnings and that journey, did that add something a little extra to how you started off or was it just a whole new journey, figure it out, learn as you go? Mm, I think it was just maturity. Really? That was the, that's what it, um, that was the difference. I mm. had the maturity in this new opportunity of doing television. Mm that maybe other people wouldn't, would not have had. So spending time in London, toughening up, not squandering and just being really strict with yourself and mm. things like that okay. brings about, it, it is, you need to, to be mature. Mm. So, and I think TV is something that's heady, it's easy to get lost in it, it's easy to get swept away by it. Mm. And that's the maturity that I'm talking about, mm. yeah just gave that like this is an opportunity to job gotta make it work yeah and so from that what would be the key lessons that you if I mean when someone's listening to this whether it's TV or radio um, and they want to embark on a career mm. in that space what mm. would you say were the key lessons that whether you saw somebody else going through or whether you saw and you're thinking wait actually this is going off in a different direction that could end your career yeah what are those things that somebody should keep in mind uh, I think you have to stay grounded yeah. you have to be very level headed like I said it's easy for it to to sweep you away light camera action yeah, yeah and to get a, a a false sense of reality yeah um, I'm not saying that's not reality but it's a fleeting reality yeah. so being in front of uh, the cameras being on screen being behind the mic it's it's great it's fantastic mm. but it's also you've got to have a reality a perspective mm. to what's real a red carpet isn't okay. yeah it's not life yeah. you know so always nurture and cultivate the things that are about a grounded life yes yes how you spend your money what you devote your time to uh, what you put weight on mm. and I think you have to also work on being a personal value uh, so often it's like you're riding on your looks you're riding on your talent and so on and don't spend enough time cultivating the value that you bring into the room the value that you bring into on a, within a team yes so making sure that you become a personal value beyond what you just do uh, on screen or behind the mic. I'm guessing also the people that you surround yourself with mm. that will keep you grounded. Mm. And that, mm. that's also mm. quite key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not people who are going to blow smoke uh, up your ass, above your ass, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And with regards to moving from music, the music station, <laughs> to, <laughs> to talk radio. Mm. Look, I mean, I love the move. Um, it's it's a different move, but it feels like it it was bound to happen. It was um, a next stage. I mean, not that you wouldn't have stayed in music if you had chosen to, but I can't tell you what what I would have been doing though if I had stayed. I can't. This is true. Mm, I so can't see it. The opportunity came, and you're like, oh, okay. It didn't really come. I went. For you looked it. for it. I looked for it. So. Uh, 
when I was at Metro, I mean, I enjoyed myself. I loved doing that show. I mean, mm. Total Bliss was one of the biggest highlights of my career. Yeah. The show was just so good. It was working. It was Everything about yeah. it was just right. Yes. It was just right. I used to feel it here in my gut. Yeah. And now it's always a feeling that I check in on about different things now because I got to experience it with that show. But I could also feel that, and I think it's important to listen and to be intuitive as much as possible, I could also feel a restlessness coming. I could feel um, um, an outgrowing okay. happening. Mm. And instead of forcing it, instead of insisting on staying, instead, instead of staying in, it wasn't a comfort zone because the, yeah. the show was fun and it pushed us to always push our creativity and our boundaries yeah. um, but I could feel something needed to change something needed to shift to shift and yeah. I needed to pivot okay. um, and that's when I really started thinking about and I think people also need to do that in this industry create a career path it doesn't mean that just because you're doing one thing that you should then continue. expect to continue to do it forever. Yeah. You need to map your own career path on what you want to do. And so that's when I really woke up to when I started having this feeling about yeah. let me revisit that issue that I that the the initial plan because okay. my initial plan was to really be great at this, to really be good at music radio, mm. to, sh to to like do afternoon drive, to do breakfast, and to really be good at that, to do prime time. I did all the prime all the time shows, yeah. except for lunchtime. Oh. So I did afternoon drive, I did breakfast, I did mid-morning, so lunchtime lunch was, was the, the only gap. one that I didn't do. Yeah. And now, in talk radio, lunch is all I do. <laughs> like I did lunch at Power, power. and I'm doing lunch at uh, 702, so which is, which is great. It's Fit. great blessings. Blessings, blessings, <laughs> blessings, and Absolutely. abundance. But yeah. But I think it's important to map a career. So that's when I kind of felt like the next step of this mapping, mm. much more seriously because the first phase was done. Okay. I had achieved what I wanted to do with that initial mapping. So what happens with the next? What comes next? Yeah, what yeah. comes next with the next phase of mapping? And I looked at myself and thought, when you drive into work, you listen to talk radio. You're listening to 702. Yeah. When you leave work, you're listening to 702. Yeah. You're not interested in the parties and the goof goof life <laughs> no. of what's happening this weekend at which club, the vibe, um, which yeah. DJ hitting the streets <laughs> and the clubs. I was just not interested. Not yeah. You know, my son was still young at the time, you know, so my headspace was completely different. And yeah. I wanted to be a part of the bigger discourse in the country with stuff that mattered. Yeah. And heard from, no, I was doing an event, I was emceeing. Mm -hmm. And in the audience was given Kari. Oh, yeah. During the dinner break, ended up speaking to him, and I'd heard whispers about power, okay. that it was coming. Yeah. And I told him that I'm coming, I want to work at a, at a talk station, and I think we should meet. Yeah. And yeah, uh, this is what I want to do. And he literally was like, oh, okay, okay. if you're serious, here's <laughs> my card, it. let's meet. And literally, we went and we did a couple of recordings at a, at a sound studio. Okay. And sitting in the reception area, there are all these people. 
as well. Like there were what? people. You got nerves. Of course. This yeah. is something I'd never done. That's and so, so when you step in, yeah. he pretended to be a guest. So yeah. we had to try different oh, role situations. playing. Role play. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was nerve wracking because it was also a test of how you would weave your way around different conversations, how you would deal Topics. with an irate caller, oh. how you deal with an obstinate politician. You know what I mean? So it was like literally a live audition <laughs> right like, there of wow. something you've never done. It's not like there were lines to rehearse. You've just You're never just done it there. and now you must do it. Yeah. And it was a great experience as well. So when he called to say, we, I want you in my lineup, just not sure what yet, mm. but you know, it was hugely exciting. And just to continue to prove that you deserve a spot on that primetime uh, lineup is literally what those next couple of weeks were about as the station was preparing to, to open. So I'd like to think that I, I, I created a door for myself because mm. the, the thing was there. I just needed to say, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> pick me, pick me. Right here, I'm right here, girl. right here. You're looking for this girl here, right here. <laughs> You know, and then That's after incredible. doing that, 702 called. So that was, uh, and I'm grateful for power. Things didn't really uh, end well, per se, per se. You know, quite a few things that made me leave. But yeah. ultimately, it was a, a, a great int introduction. Mm. There was freedom. The station didn't come with a sound, a pre-determined um, sound or yes. sounds that people had come to expect. We were defining the sound exactly. for the station, so we yeah. could be whatever we wanted to be. So we could create and be whoever you we wanted to be. You. Big so time, thank okay. you. Your chips are great, by the way. Oh, no, thank, thank you. you. So it was a gift in that way too, that before stepping up to the really, really big leagues, because I think 702 is big leagues, big league. I yeah. got to, you know, hit a few balls yeah. on the little play, on, on the playground. <laughs> and then came the big leagues mm. 702 how has that journey been because listening to your show it's it fits in a, it fits in a sense but there's still that uniqueness of you and I think myself as a listener and other listeners probably we do appreciate that because there was a time when 702 growing up it had a voice it had a sound it mm. had a mm. if you were to give it a personality mm. it had a name it had personality it had a background all of that Precisely. so now as the years have progressed and with the way that the lineup has been done it's like oh you can't remember the way it was yeah can't <laughs> and i'm like this is nice <laughs> and it's i mean maybe also growing older for me and what i'm listening to and what i'm interested in and what impacts me in my life my yeah. family yeah. um there's certain stations i don't listen to or there's certain shows i don't listen to when i know okay this person's coming on switch to station and strangely enough um one of your colleagues oliver speaking he, tw he tweeted the one day and he asked about what shows and what radio stations are people listening to mm -hmm. and a lot of people said that they're not necessarily listening to talk radio anymore or music radio they've yeah. moved into the podcasting yes. space yes. so they'll find what they're um, interested in listening to listen to that download it commute mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. or even in the office they'll yeah. listen to that and i responded i was like no there are some podcasts i do listen to but they're also the stations i do yeah tune into and if a presenter leaves i will leave with the presenter 
you know, I will find out where they went to and hopefully they've right. stayed in um, the industry and they've stayed on um, a radio station mm. and I go along with and you're one of the people that I've gone along <laughs> with. <laughs> wow. I'm like, okay, so you're leaving power. Oh, right. <laughs> Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> where to next? Wow, thank you. <laughs> so, and it's, it's such a an, an interesting um, experience for me because yes, the doof doof doof. Can't remember the last time I stayed up that late to mm-hmm. go and be interested mm-hmm. in a doof doof doof. Mm. But mm. if we need to talk about something that's happening in the community or the country or that impacts me, that impacts yeah. my family or somebody yeah. else, and it's about the conversations that we have um, in our own circles mm. that you can now reference to because you've listened and you heard something or you're discovering something else that you can share yeah. um, with other people and it's it's really great that I feel for myself that in a sense 702 is able to do that um, yes the people who won't like it because whatever reasons um, but for me it makes sense for where I am right now in my mm-hmm. life and it, mm-hmm. it fits mm-hmm. it fits no I think everything needs a disruption yeah. podcasts are disrupting radio mm-hmm. um, but I mean radio is the original podcaster we would save the content for you to listen back to thanks to technology yeah. and kind of birthed of course uh, podcasting so I think there's room for everything because yeah. at the same time your podcast won't tell you what's happening in your world that's mm. where we come in and play a part you know so everything needs a disruption in mm. order to keep it uh, at its best, yes. to keep it fresh and to keep it reimagining itself. And mm. that's what we now have to do, you know. Um, and challenges are always good. Yeah, true. And I think it's good to be in an organization <coughs> that uh, plans, anticipates, is forward thinking. Mm. Um, prepares for the challenges but also embraces them because we've been obviously quite well aware and that's why our programming lives the way it does there repeats on the weekends if you didn't get to listen it lives online there's uh, the shows become podcasts and they also podcast on the platform (laughs) I think disruption is is not entirely a bad thing it just allows you to have more avenues now there's no, a greater number of voices, you know, which can only serve the, the, the audience. Yeah. Um, but being at 702 was, I think that's what your initial question was, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Was <laughs> very scary, to be honest, for a very long time. Really? A very long time. I mean, yeah. there were times when I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, listen, yes. <laughs> By the grace of God. I am here. <laughs> you know, but I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I do it, I really? finish it in the two hours done and it's just like, okay. That, how that, did it happen? Well, that we survived. <laughs> we survived, I don't know what I'm doing, but it happened and it's working. Really? And it's working. Yeah. One thing that I've always uh, carried with me was an experience when I was at Metro. I was doing afternoon drive. Mm-hmm. And no. I was asked to do afternoon drive. Yeah. So I went from doing a midnight show to afternoon drive. Okay. Which is quite a move within eight months or so oh. of doing midnight, midnight. to three AM yeah. with only security guards and paramedics and the true night owls are listening. Yeah, are listening yeah. to now doing a drive time show 
of what was then the second biggest station in the country, not even the province, in the country. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> Daunting, right? And in our preparation meetings, mm. uh, someone from the programming team asked, what kind of woman do you want to be on air? I was like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be a guy's kind of girl, as in you can hang with the guys, you can talk sport, yay, corre, there's no difference. That's You're one of the guys. Yeah, yeah. there's a woman in the room. Yeah. You want to be a guy's kind of girl? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be the damsel in distress, as in, oh my gosh, you know, yesterday I sat in the dark <laughs> because my light, my bulb was finished. And I did not change it. Yeah. Oh, all you need to do is, oh, Asanya, how cute is that? <laughs> do you want to be that girl? Uh, and I said to them, oh, oh, and I said, why? 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 Mm-hmm. And they said, no, women don't listen to women. Men don't listen to women. So as a female broadcaster, you have to be then modify yourself to be palatable to this audience that already wow. comes with a bias against female voices. Female. Yeah. They... Uh, don't enjoy when you say DJ the research at the time was that DJ natural association is um, a man Mm -hmm. and before of course presenter and host were not necessarily words that were Um, used so it was like yeah DJ DJ, not DJ anyway so connotation was that it's a man and then secondly the thing around our voices you know that oh sorry ladies yes Oh, my manager just told, told me that in the next uh, 10 minutes, we're closing the bar. Okay. So if you want to order anything, you can order. I'm fine, drinks wise. Thank you so much, Susie. Thank you. And then the second thing was our voices. Oh. 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 And the reason why women were kept to news or to weather and things like that yeah. were oh, our voices are high-pitched, screechy, whatever, you know, that the more pleasant, what is pleasant to listen to is a voice with the lower register. So even when you look at the older DJs, you will find that it's men often with deep voices. A Bob Mabena, a Tim Mm. Medise, a Wilson Bean Corsi. You know, before it was about that depth, the baritone, because that's where I was perceived to be. The voice voice that doesn't make you switch off. You know, wow. the minute you start to go higher, oh, higher. you know, the tendency will just be to switch the station. You know? okay. So those things we use to yeah. keep women, uh, and I guess, of course, in parallel with the rest of it, mm. politics, mm. gender politics, culture, and all of that, women just didn't progress in radio uh, to the same degree. So it was a number of factors, mm. but those were some of them. But anyway, so what that lesson taught me, because I said to them, no, I thought I'm getting this job because you want me to do the show. Yeah. Me. You're not trying to fit into yeah, 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 a yeah. mold. Exactly. Yeah. You want me to do the show. And so from then on, I've just had this thing of just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. Regardless. Yep. So even as I got to 702, there were big shoes to fill. Jenny Chris Williams, I used to listen to her for a very long time. Loved her show. Yeah. Sam Cowan was also a legend in yeah. 947. Yeah. Even when she did that show, she did an amazing job. There were other women on the station. There was Reedy, who was like, you know, Power. really a hard yeah. presenter, powerful presenter. Yeah. Um, and so there were women that... Already, the, maybe there was an expectation, and and you 
there was a question about as well, loosely about what what I think it was always there lingering. Not that mm. I was ever asked, but what are you gonna do? Which gonna woman break? are you gonna yeah. be? You know, yeah. which woman are you gonna be? Yeah. And I just decided to be me. And even when I when I wasn't sure, when I was feeling a little bit shaky at times, or like mm. thinking, ah, maybe this isn't the one. Or you know, like yeah. just when you when you're doubtful, when you're yeah. not sure, you're not feeling it here. Like I was saying in your gut, yeah. I would still by being me, it would carry me over. It would carry me through by being me. Yeah, that would always carry me through. And I had a lot to learn. I think that's that's the other thing. I never once went in there assuming that by getting the job, I had arrived or that it was done. Never. It was not done. And I think that's what maybe a lot of young people also do. That they focus on the glory of getting the job mm. and less on the things they need to learn. The craft, yeah, the like craft, really, yes. Yeah, and so it's been a long, painstaking journey of refinement, hard work, breathe. Yes, again, again. Ooh, not right. Okay, breathe again, again. Ooh, that works. Something there. Let's carry on. Breathe. Oh, not okay. You know. So it's been that kind of process of mining and cultivating, trying to find that diamond, mm. and. It's been an interesting four and a half years. <laughs> four and a half years already. Yeah. That's so intense. Yeah. I think one, as you're saying about the refining and learning and getting to that point where you're actually feeling it in terms of your craft. A friend of mine, when we actually met last year at Avanti Book Festival, um, Umbali was saying that when she was chatting to you about um, the MCing work that you do. Yes, yes, yes. And before we actually came up to you, she was saying to me, your way that your approach especially to the MCN work is that you research and you research and you research and you research and you research you live and breathe um, the the space that you've been asked to kind of just take over in a sense yeah. and present for and she said to me that is what her organization they that's the level that they expect from you so to actually go to somebody else and be like could we try out this person they're like no 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 <laughs> keep coming back to oh, Azania <laughs> follow world oh, yes. <laughs> and this upcoming trip which I did offer my I services know. to be packing your bag and I think what I loved about that was because even when you were doing the interview um, the discussion yes it just I love the fact that you got him so comfortable to really open up um, and that's what I love about what you do and I feel that there's I don't want to say there's few people who are able to do that maybe I just haven't listened to them or discovered them yeah. but there's a special kind of way of interviewing mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily an interview it should be just like a conversation right and to talk and to um, talk about ideas debate certain things and to really get those little special diamonds out of a person because in the end there's something that somebody else can learn and they'd be like oh wait yeah i didn't think of that in that particular way yeah. so is that something that you're conscious that you do no or is it just kind of just <laughs> it happens because yours and it's just who you are it's yeah i think there's just some things that you can't uh, 
deny about yourself or yeah whichever way you look at it whichever way you look at it because I thought yeah this is a station where we come to get accountability you know uh, where we have to send politicians shaking and quivering and no fear no favor kind of vibe yes uh, the nature of news journalism media and so on but I know that I'm not that person you know uh, I will ask you the question Mm. Uh, and I will ask you further mm-hmm. but there, there is a way I'm not here to persecute you mm-hmm. I'm also not here to embarrass you um, and so on so we're all very different right maybe we express our compassion in different ways I'm yeah. not going to say certain people are compassionate and others are not no yeah. but I know what matters to me being true to who I am yeah. is very important. So yeah. the minute I would try to alter myself and be like somebody else, I think that would be a failure, right? And it might, it, it will show. It's not being authentic. It's not being being true and all of that. Yeah. And so being yourself is, is important in everything. Mm. Um, with the emceeing stuff, it is important that you be immersed, I think. Mm-hmm in your client, in the brand that, you, that you're doing work for, yeah. uh, understand the issues that they are trying to bring to the fore, mm-hmm. you know, and these are all very simple things. For instance, when I get a booking, mm-hmm. I always ask uh, who the client is, mm-hmm. what they want out of the event, what they want out of me, yeah. what they want the audience to leave feeling and thinking right so they couple and who's in the audience I need to understand who the audience is yeah. and those questions so I have a standard set of questions that I need answered before I take a gig and that then tells me is this for me because not all gigs are also for you just as you're not for that client yeah. and I always say I'm not funny I'm not here to do a comedy skit yeah. so if you want entertainment on stage book a comedian book entertainment my particular style is this Mm. so and I also ask about tone what Mm. tone do you like Mm. you know maybe I'm a chacharach person and I go and I do uh, a medical professions uh, conference that's just not going to work rather put me in a stadium for a Vodacom concert if I'm like that you know what I mean so they they, they are things that you're well matched for so over the years I've come to uh, know this kind of refine my process as okay. in how I enter into these relationships how I start a project and what I expect of myself in the execution of that job for instance I don't want to get paid before I do the job don't even give me 50% I don't you know I always ask if the contract is like no please let's change that uh, what you need to do in your systems mm. is make sure my payment happens within a week after the gig yeah so I don't want because I, I always the gigs where I've gotten paid first yeah. have, are not my favorite because something really? happens in the my, in my mind at least yeah. it's money I haven't worked for I haven't earned it I haven't earned it just because wow. I'm I'm commissioned to be on that gig or to do that job yeah the, the job's not done so yeah. something changes even if psyche, yeah. even if I've worked but you know standing up there that. Yeah, maybe there's something, 
you know it's a mind switch yeah, somewhere yeah little mind switch a little person in there that's like i can put my feet up whereas we need everybody on board we need everybody standing and ready to work and not even a single one of you in, here, <laughs> in your head <laughs> sitting up and putting your feet you manika you can't put your feet up because you, you know. haven't calculated yeah. where everything's supposed you to go like, yeah. you manika can't put your feet up you must be up you like gotta everybody work. else manika in my, in my head is like ah lady we're you good. Know, we're good. And I'm like, hey, listen here. Show up. Show up. You gotta show up. Everybody must show up. So I don't know what happens, but it's just my things That's around how I, do, fascinating. how I do gigs. <laughs> Speaking of gigs and business, yes. Salon London. Yes. That, I mean, I've been there twice. And for Which me, one? The Morningside one. Okay. No, not the Morningside. Parkhurst. Parkhurst. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I've went there with a cousin of mine and also went with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and when I went there with my cousin we walked in there we just went to get our nails done feet and hands yeah we walked out with some makeup too <laughs> <laughs> that was not in the budget <laughs> so apart from that <laughs> the I think the, the wonderful thing that I enjoy about my salon is that it's it's an experience mm. it's not just going to get your nails done it's um you know getting a good face beat knowing what color matches they are yeah um and it's the the, the the treatment it's about the people it's about the girl conversations about yes, the bubbly yes, yes, <laughs> yes and you walk out thinking wow that was so much fun <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's a oh my gosh, I need to go get my nails done. Like, yeah, where do I go? How do I get is, there? People are busy, you know? Yeah. And sitting in a chair for an hour and a half. Yes, it's your grooming. It's important. Grooming is very important. Ooh, grooming is important. But it doesn't have to be a, a painful process. <laughs> you know, so what we try and bring is the social aspect. Yeah. You must be like you're socializing. Have a glass of bubbly have conversations about your children about your job about your partner about hair about music video about fashion whatever everything let it be a space where you can feel like you just like hang out yeah and you just just so happen to also do your nails great nails as well absolutely (laughs) so the vibe and how the place feels has always been important Mm -hmm. which is why i also got involved i was a customer you know i just love the vibe yeah that's really cool Uh, this is what I, this is what I want to do with my savings and yeah. my foray into business because other things had come, other things had worked, tanked, not worked because I dab- I tried a few things over the years. Yeah. Just the other day I was cleaning out a drawer and I came <laughs> across what felt like the history of my adult life. What was that? Like the documents, like oh, you once drove that car. Oh, oh like you once registered a company. Oh, you went business with that person. Oh, you was that. Oh no, those were the good. That was a good contract. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I just came across oh, wow. all these memories, <laughs> yeah. but through forms and papers and documents. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's the salon fun. was um, it was a good venture. It was a great venture and huge learning curve and in an industry that is outside of what I had cultivated my mm. skills in mm. so it was good in that sense to exploit other areas of what interests you yeah. you know versus just sticking in in one area I mean some people would say stick in your lane yeah 
perfect that uh, and I'm all for that as well and I, I also think we are diverse as people mm. and it's okay to dabble in other things just not like a million whole, different um, things. yeah a million different things surely yeah. focus we need that yeah okay that's true and working with um, your business partners Linda mm. and um, um, Ego Ego, Ego. Mm-hmm. How has that been? Because, I mean, I'm sure there is that perception of women can't work together. <laughs> and it seems like you're not just business partners. You've really cultivated this friendship and this family, sense of family. And I'm sure there, there are times when you test each other and you pull and you, you know, you grow and you disagree. As, yeah. And, yeah. But you've kept the spirits. I think when I think of Mr. Lion London, I think of the three of you. And it just, it feels good. It looks good. It feels like, oh, wow. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, uh, in the previous efforts to get into business, I yeah. worked with uh, guys, mm. uh, a guy or two here and there. Mm. And it didn't always go down nicely. Okay. Know? Yeah. So there was such a joy. And I'm not saying anything about women and men working together that yeah. it's not going to be a success. Yeah. It is a success. It can be a success in many cases. Mm-hmm. But I did find it quite stressful needing to manage potentially someone making suggestions. In two cases it happened. Yeah. And I just thought, oh my God. This really? shouldn't be. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, and so there's, there's that... So having had that experience, going into business with just women was just such a relief and easy experience. Awesome. People always think we're friends and maybe it's because uh, we're so similar in the sense that we're also kind of single parents raising our children and all that. Uh, some people even say we look alike, but we don't look alike. <laughs> it's just lazy, I think. But we're actually not friends. Really? We are business we're partners. Business partners. And we just so happen to have a great business partner relationship, right? That's cool. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of debate. There's a lot of open conversations. Mm -hmm. Oh, Messi, you're stressing me out. Uh I'm sorry. You're removing the chairs. You need to go. Oh, is it time? I saw your colleagues leaving. Is it time? We are closing up. So. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't mind, I can bring your bill, please. Yeah, please bring it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I also get tired of that um, narrative about women not being able to work together. Mm. Lots of women work well together. Lots of women provide support for each other. But what we get stuck on is are those cases where the working relationship or the friendship didn't work out and due to whatever because we're all human. It's not something that is unique to women. You know, so um, I I was definitely tired of that. I found women who are of the same perspective yes. that it's not true. And so we had our management meeting this morning, in fact. Yeah. And um, thank you, thank, thank you. you. We had our management meeting yeah. this morning. It went really well. Really, it always does. Every Tuesday we gather with You've our managers yeah. and we uh, do our management meeting. So. It's one of those things that I'll get it. Oh, thank you. And then, um, what else was it? Yeah, and I think they both 
we all bring in different things. We yeah. all bring different qualities, different talents to to the table. Uh, we're also able to support each other. As I said, we're single parents raising children, and so the compassion for each other about our personal lives yes. is there. Yeah. About the demands of our kids, the, the money demands, or in the you know all sorts of things, things is, is yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been something that we didn't deliberately cultivate. It just happened. It just happened. So it was nice. It was beautiful. Kismet and chemistry. <laughs> it worked out. It worked out really well. And also we have the maturity and the wisdom to take care of it, to nurture it, and not just squander uh, the goodwill yes, that we have between. amongst the three of us. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually so cool. But speaking on um, businesses and the brands, you're very pro South African brands, like mm. big time. A lot. <laughs> you love and you advocate, and it's really, really awesome to see because it's not the just being a mouthpiece. You you wear it, you share it, you you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Why is that so important to you to be so pro? How much, Mister? Two fifty, Missy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Sure. Um, why was that so important to you? Why is that such a big part of who you are? Um, we're a local business. I care about the economy. I care about creating jobs. Mm. And it really is as practical as that. It comes down to starting here first. Yeah. You know, Thank you before so the rest of the world. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Thanks for the slip. It starts with starting here first. Yeah. And with it's not it's, it's with small changes, small efforts like that. You know. So if I was a big corporate, I'd also try and always make sure that I source local, mm. employ local. It's Yeah. Mm, and I'm not saying that what the world has to offer should be ignored and and not part of the equation because we live in a globalized world not yeah. at all yeah but i do think that in order for us to thrive we have to keep our money here we have to keep it circulating yeah. we have to help build small business so even the people that i would give exposure to or hashtag about local first and all yeah. that they're often small businesses but they've developed a high quality product mm. which is also what we are yeah. we've developed a high quality, quality product so it's almost like let's build each other in the meaningful way in yes. the way that counts yeah. not just in name only like oh uh, I know Pmeza and and she's got a great product I know her she's got a great product and I use it mm. and part her growth obviously is the growth for this country yeah. so for me it's always that it might be a small little trickle down but but it's a trickle yeah. down that will make an impact somewhere your manufacturer will be able to hire another person yeah, you will yeah. be able to hire another person that needs a job we hire women they taking care of their children many mm. of them also single mothers taking care of their children mm. so it matters in one way or another it your choice is like just as what i do with my money matters um, when I'm buying local, yeah. you know, it's it's that it's that seeing it further down the road to think that okay, that kid Could can now effect, yeah. live in a in a in a in a two bedroom flat yeah. versus living in Hillbrow in the lounge where the flat is segmented and cut between ten people. Yeah. That's not a safe environment for a child. Things can go wrong. Yeah. So 
this customer coming in and me employing this woman to do this job means that she can move into a a safer flat for her child. One less social issue perhaps or social disaster avoided, averted, you know. So... It's that kind of approach. Yeah, there's, there's there's a web there's a web and we all have a part to play in that web. We're all connected to yeah. each other in one way or another. Yes. Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes we made as humanity was to encourage individualism and mm-hmm. the ditching of communities. Whereas now, if anything, that's been my preoccupation. It's been my preoccupation for a while that what do we need to build community? Mm-hmm. What are the things that we've let go of that were so critical in community? You know what I mean? Because some of the things that we see in our society are also as a result of just a lack of community. You know? So it's a little bit of an obsession, but that's okay. That's for another day. That's for another day. And I'm doing something about it. It'll be for another day for sure. Yes. That's amazing. So just to kind of tie it all together and wrap it up a little bit, um, in terms of health and wellness, I read an article where you spoke about your journey with regards to taking care of yourself, um, where you went through a period where you were just push, 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 work, work, work. Like just mm. do a million different things, mm. and it was just getting really intense. Um, and then you had to just take a pause. Well, it wasn't really a pause. I think when I read it, and my thinking, you really took a you pressed stop. You're like, I need to get off this particular ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I need to figure yeah. out stuff. Yeah. Um, and you did that for yourself. I mean, yeah. what was that experience like? And actually going into therapy because people think therapy is you know you're losing your mind a little bit mm. but they don't realize the the great um tools you can learn within that environment and it's oh. a safe environment as Absolutely. well for you um so what was your journey like and Absolutely. how did you get to a point where you had to realize that the wheels were kind of coming off in a mm. sense mm. and you had to do something about it um so married young child children his his hers and ours that was the set that was the situation, <laughs> was the situation. His, hers and okay. ours yeah get divorced and of course you have life changes yeah. and in the course of life changing the demands sort of increase mm. on you as the individual yeah i was a primary parent the the demands are they they're higher so you have to maintain your level of income in the same amount of hours and still make sure you are raising whole complete children um, and still have a social life and still run a business and 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 so all of these things kind of I had taken them on taken them on taken them on taken them on but then I realized that I wasn't happy you know business was great I had transitioned from music radio to talk radio mm. rather seamlessly and all of that mm. you know my kids were great like oh, it was great yeah but I, I wasn't happy mm. you know because it's like you're running constantly mm. you're constantly on that on that in that rat race mm. so you wake up really early you're rushing in traffic dropping them off at school you run off to the business mm. with the uh, crack the whip a little bit there, 
do some things with customers, yeah. staff and whatever, run off to your radio show. After work, you're back in the business or you have one or odd meeting or an errand or something. Mm. At home, your kids need you because it's homework. Maybe they're stepping out of line because you're hardly there. You know, it's like all those of those things. things and you're yeah. trying to keep the reins on everything all at once. And that's no... And I wasn't even socializing much. I was socializing with higher work, work yeah. you know. Um, so even though like, I wasn't going home as much to see my mom, my friends, it was all a lot of work. Um, and I was feeling tired. I was feeling tired. I don't drink alcohol anymore. And I'm not saying I was drinking a lot then. Not at all. I've never been a big drinker. You know, but it was like... I was feeling tired. You sleep, but you're waking up tired. You're supposed to feel fulfilled, but you're not feeling fulfilled. So it's like, what's happening? What's, mm. what's the purpose of it all? I, I thought this was the time when I get the feeling, when I get the <coughs> reward, when I get the happy, <laughs> the harps and the all angels. The time, and... Happy. <laughs> Most of the time, happy. Most of the time, you know. Um, yeah, and it was just exhaustion more than anything else. I felt burnt out. I felt exhausted. Everything was demanding of me so and a call you. would come in an email would come in a text would come in and I would just be so resentful that there's another person now who wants something else from me even if it's an answer even if it's like you know <laughs> but it's just like one more thing that you must now extract pay attention to pay attention give to mm. you know and that's when I realized I was like no this is not working yeah it's actually not working something needs to change in case we're going to need to... No, not just yes. in case. Please do it for yes, me, Missy. Okay. Yeah, do it for me. And I will... Thank you. Have it later. Thank you. And so that was the, the point, really. And I didn't have, like, a, a single moment sort of uh, collapse or whatever you want to call it. Mm. But, like, a shutdown. I didn't have a shutdown like yeah. that. But it was just this gradual, steady unhappiness. Yeah. yeah. And just humming humming all the time my anxiety levels were up and was constantly anxious it just wasn't working mm. um and often when that sort of thing happens life stops whispering and shouts you know and you have to listen you have to do something about it yeah. and i discovered then through someone actually that i was interviewing i was talking to this lady about her father's suicide and she was raising funds to raise awareness about suicide. And then she told me about this breathwork practitioner. Yeah. She's a medical doctor, but she's also a breathwork practitioner. And then I decided to go and see her. And it was just great because she's like a therapist, medical doctor, breathwork, all in one. <laughs> Combination of everything. All wrapped in one. And I just loved her vibe. I loved yeah. her aura. And I think God sends you teachers. It sends you people that's who, uh, so who will help you, you know, thank you. Uh, and you can clear this, so okay. and that's what I got, I think the people that I needed for that time came along, came into your world, mm. that's amazing, and I think people who think that therapy is, is something wrong with that are mistaken, because okay. they can have a toothpick, Okay, I'll bring it. They're mistaken in the sense that we actually, in my view, is that we're all on a spectrum. That we all have mental health stuff. Yeah, yeah. on a spectrum. Yeah. It's just that we're on a spectrum. You might be on that end. Well, somebody else has the same thing, but on that end. And maybe at different times, 
I know when I'm PMSing, my I'm over you there. there. Yeah, <laughs> and I come back to that point, the original point, you know. Yeah. But there are moments in the month when I'll be like, yo, it's time. You're over there. I'm over there, you know, along yeah. that spectrum. And yeah. I think they mistake it. Um, Oh, it's so plastic. Mm. So it's it's uh, it's very necessary. Yeah. It's like it's, it's, you need it to live. You need outlets. Uh, what I'm learning is that we spend a lot of time focused on our exterior, yeah. on how we look, what we're wearing. You know, grooming is important. Mm. How we appear is important. We place a huge emphasis on that, and we don't give or place enough emphasis on our inner world. And our inner world is actually what mostly when someone's having a crisis, yeah. when we have a crisis, that is what is lacking or falling short or the inner that, yeah, that's not fed and nourished. Yeah. So that's what I'm realizing. Like, you know what? You have to take equally as much, if not more, devote more time mm. to developing your inner world, my little inner universe, yeah. more than the external because the external will actually flow from the, the inside yeah. yeah the state of That's the inside true. will allow the external to take a particular shape you know so whenever i find um, or meet someone or whenever i maybe start to have a, not a crisis per se but a moment of just wobblies yes then yeah. i remember that you know what not remember but it's like it's that lesson mm that the inner world needs equal uh, if not more attention yeah I like the way you just wrap that up <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure that, that would have been like on some okay so what would be your message to to individuals to people Great. to women so mm. that, I mean look it's not a case of ignoring men but um, no everyone it's everybody everybody can gain from that everyone everyone because we all get affected by the world we've created that's true mm. we've always emphasized that oh kids and women you know that's who we should be paying attention to and all of that but men are equally victims of the world they've created we've created and together the thing is we all connected to each other so mm. you can't mm. not include them yeah the, well they also the can't think that this is not for me it's for them as well because they also have a mind, a heart, and a soul yeah. that needs tendering. Exactly. So they're not exempt from it. That's and no true. amount of going out with the boys will <laughs> save you from it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No amount of GTI and will save you from it. Buddy? No. No, no, no. This with cheese and cigars? <laughs> no. It's you. needs to do the work. Do the work, yeah. Perfect. Ms. Lasagna, Osaka, thank you so much. A pleasure. Thank I you. Love this. Thank you.